0: Hello and welcome to the podcast where we discuss history. And it's tea. My name's Elizabeth. And I'm Paige. And this is Ye Old Tea, old tea time. time. There we go. <laughs> and the fresh one worked too. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for the song or something i want to give you a pause for the song i guess really? okay this episode in honor of black history month we're going to talk about the lovely dido elizabeth bell now she was born in 1761 and died in 1804 she was kind of a rarity for the time she was raised as part of an aristocratic family in georgian britain mm-hmm. which basically would be also known as the regency era Okay. is when she primarily was an adult. So, she was the illegitimate daughter of a young um, African woman named Maria Bell and a Royal Naval Officer, Sir John Lindsay. Now, she spent much of her life at Kenwood House on Hampstead Heath in northern London. She lived there with her great-uncle, William Murray, the 1st Earl of Mansfield, the Lord Chief Justice. He presided over the number of court cases that examined the legality of the, street, of the slave trade. He was an abolitionist, of course. Now, you can hear Mocha tapping. <laughs> we'll have to do some of that. What makes her so rare is this: she was an illegitimate child who was also half black. Yeah. But yet she was raised by aristocracy, and what's really cool, and I'll and I'll get more into it. She was educated. Like, she wasn't treated as a servant who didn't know her origin. She knew exactly who her parents were. That's awesome. Yeah, she was raised along with um, the Murray's daughter, or, well, a fellow niece, Elizabeth. Uh-huh. And there's an infamous painting, which actually brought me from the, I found out about it through the YouTube channel Crow's Eye Production, okay. where they do um, basically like a get ready with me, but for historic either historic people or historic outfits and dido was a part of that because there's this infamous painting that features dido and elizabeth where elizabeth is sitting in a chair in a pretty dress and behind her looking very mischievous holding like a um basket like even with her finger next to her mouth looking very looking Hello. adorable and mischievous is dido Aww. and both and it's really quite it's a beautiful picture it's quite sweet looking like here's a here's dido in that picture Oh, she's pretty. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, she was lovely. But what I like is that you can tell she's wearing finery. Yeah. And the basket she's holding, it isn't like a... It's actually more of like a a tray, almost like she and Elizabeth are about to go to a picnic. Yeah. Because it has like pears, apples, grapes on it. She has a beautiful um, scarf that looks like it's blue and gold. It's really pretty. And she has jewelry, which I'm sorry, people... African people or any kind of people of color in picture and portraits of those days were usually background characters or servants. Yeah. So it was kind of amazing because she had about as much, she was about as much in the portrait as Elizabeth was. Elizabeth was a little bit more because she was sitting in front. Yeah. And was sitting in a chair so she got like a full body of her. hmm But there's still quite a bit of Dido and it was basically like a actual portrait. Oof, pardon me. Sorry, I burped. But it was like an actual portrait Uh instead of her just being like a little background character that could be, like, hide hidden. Yeah. Girl was front and center. Okay. Okay, now a little bit on her parents. Her father was Sir John Lindsay, as previously stated. He was an officer in the the British Royal Navy. Mm -hmm. And he met an African woman named Maria Bell. Now, no one knows exactly where or how they met, they first met, but during his 1760, um, his ship, the eight, but during the 1760s, or 1760s specifically, his ship, the HMS Trent, was sailing around the coasts of Senegal and the Caribbean. Okay. And the first real record of Maria, though, was at Dido's baptism entry in 1766 at St. George's Church in Bloomsbury. In which Maria Bell is noted as the mother, and Dido was five years old. Oh, okay. Now Lindsay is technically not recorded as the father, but he did. But there's a good chance he supported Maria over the next ten years, or at least stayed in contact. And then in 1774, Maria traveled from England to Pensacola, America, to take possession of a plot of land gifted to her by Lindsay, and where she was to build a home. Oh, well, that's sweet. Honestly, I think he did genuinely love her, but because but and just from what I've been reading on them, if things were different, if they were like they if the laws were like they were now, he probably would have married her. Yeah. Because basically, he kept her as a mistress. I mean, he gave her land for a child. He obviously took care of his child. Yeah. Even if he couldn't keep, well, even then he couldn't have kept her with him because he was a naval man, so he was constantly gone. Yeah. And let's see here. Now here's something interesting about Maria no one knows if she was actually a slave or not or, or a freed woman but in the Pensacola property record Maria is, defer- is referred to, a previ- to as previously being enslaved and quote a negro woman of Pensacola in America but now of London afore and made free the price to confirm her freedom is dated uh, is 22nd August 1774 the manumission I probably butchered that word transaction for the sum of 200 Spanish mill dollars paid by Maria Bell, a Negro woman slave about 28 years of age as Dido had been born in 1761 this ooh, would have placed Maria as a young mother of around 15 years old of age at the time of Dido's birth oh goodness to be fair we don't quite, I didn't get a date for the father I, I should find him here in a minute but John Lindsay may have been young himself. Yeah. And also... But she paid for her own freedom. That's what I find really interesting. I'm sure he obviously helped. She probably saved the money. She probably did work on her own. Yeah. But she bought her own freedom. That's awesome. And I really appreciate... And I really like that. Yeah. And I'm sure... And also, I'm pretty sure he... I don't want to say let... But I've seen suspicion he could have bought he could have bought her freedom. Yeah. For Because it's obvious that he did care about her. I mean, he brought her to England with his child. Yeah. He probably loved her. I think he did. And so yeah, like he let her buy her own freedom. So he so she had the power. She it was it was can you imagine how empowering that would be? Right. Especially for one her being a woman.
1: Yeah. On
0: top of that. So that's amazing. Oh yeah. So, yeah, she was about f- 15, if the records are right. Okay. And the spelling of Bell, which originally was B-E-L-L, had now become B-E-L-L-E, which is consistent with the later written records that we have for Dido. Why they changed the, the spelling, who knows. More French, I guess. Yeah. Okay, now for her father, Sir John Lindsay. Now... From 1757 to 1767, Lindsay was sailing around Jamaica and West Africa, Haiti, Cuba, and America when Britain was engaged in the Seven Years' War, which was a war with France and her allies over the ownership of the colonies in America and the Caribbean. Caribbean. The Royal Navy ships were used to protect British trade routes, and up until 1807 and the abolition of the British slave trade, this included protection of the British slavers as well as the capture of any ships and their cargo as prizes. Mm. yeah but okay now te- like I said he technically is not named the father but, but but with his actions and where she ended up and everything it's kind of either he is the father or he was incredibly close to the father yeah like he's referred to as Dido's father in several sources though but the most puzzling one is related relating to Maria it's by a guest at Kenwin in 1779 William Hutchinson But he was an American visitor, remarked on Dido's presence, and recalls being told that her mother had been a slave on a Spanish ship captured by Lindsay and brought to England. Hmm. That explains a few things. Yeah. And Lindsay had certainly been involved in the capture of several foreign ships, including French, Dutch, and Spanish, not all of which were slave trade ships, and in 1762, he had fought in the Battle for Havana, where Spanish ships were taken. However, as Dido was born in 1761, the remark doesn't quite help the mystery of how or when she came to England because she was born before he really was in Havana fighting Spanish ships. So it might have been one of the previous ones. He did come across Spanish ships. Who knows? Here's something else about her father. Now, during this time, around 1762 and all that, um and before, um, Lindsay fathered more illegitimate children, with Dido Dido <laughs> Sorry with Dido being the eldest of five children by five different mothers, of whom four were certainly of African heritage. Okay. The mothers and infants, all except for Maria and Dido, are recorded in the records in the baptism records of Port at Port Royal, near Kingston, Jamaica, where the Royal Navy had a base for repairing their ships. Yes, the same Port Royal from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> that's awesome. It was a real place. Sweet. Uh-huh. And of Lindsay's surviving children, Dido was entrusted to the care of her father's uncle, William Murray, Lord Chief Justice, and later 1st Earl of Mansfield, owner of Kenwood in North London. That's what it looks like. Oh, that's pretty. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful place. And we will be posting pictures both of Dido and we probably won't... I don't think there's any actual record of pictures of her mother or portraits of her mother. But we might be able to find her father. Yeah. And, of course, it should be pretty easy to find um, William Murray. Okay. Because he was a uh, lord. An earl. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's about her life at Kenwood. Now, it wasn't unheard of for a powerful aristocrat to be a legal guardian of a illegitimate relation that was pretty common because sowing wild oats and all that but it was extremely unusual at this time for a mixed race child who had born from a former enslaved mother to be raised not as a servant but actual part of the aristocratic british family yeah like she was not below them she was an she might have been slightly below them because she was illegitimate technically yeah but that's it like they did not treat her any different because the color of her skin.
1: Oh, that's
0: awesome. Yeah, And I greatly respect these people because of this. Yeah. Now, to be fair, her exact position within Lord Mansfield's household is unclear, but it was evidence suggests that she was brought up as a lady alongside her cousin, Elizabeth Murray. And we know that she was taught to read, write, play music, and was graceful and at ease in the presence of invited guests. Okay. So, honestly, I do think her position... I don't know if it was exactly equal with Elizabeth, because apparently they did play together and spend a lot of time together. At the very least, she was as close to equal as possible. Yeah. Honestly, from what I've been reading, I'm guessing she was um, legal. And she also received annual allowance from her father and uncle. I know he's technically her great-uncle, but I'm just going to call him uncle just to make things a little bit easier. Yeah. And in John Lindsay's obituary, which does confirm him as Dido's father... Okay. The London Chronicle noted that her amiable disposition and accomplishments have gained her the highest respects from all his lordship's relations and visitants. I love her. Yeah. What's also, there's also going to be some more inform- information that's really cool, and I love how they treated her. Like, she was a rarity for the time because she was brought up a lady. Yeah. But she also supervised Kenwood's diary and poultry yard, a common hobby for genteel women at the time. Her daily activities, however, would have changed on the death of Lady Mansfield in in 1784 and on the marriage in 1785 of her cousin Elizabeth. Now, Dido ended up remaining at Kenwood without the close companion with whom she had grown up. Now a young woman in her 20s, Dido would have to become increasingly involved in the care of Lawrence Mansfield in his old age. And in turn, he treated her with affection. Like, he treated her as one of his own. Same with Elizabeth. Now... Dido's health and comfort were also um, cared for. Her birthday remembered in June each year with a gift of five guineas, which was a coin. Oh, okay. Not the I'll, bird. I not the bird. like, birds? <laughs> and that's the picture of Dido and Elizabeth. Aww. So she's slightly behind her cousin, but actually more to the side. Yeah. So I was a little bit off. It's been a while since I've seen that picture. But I like, like, Elizabeth is holding on to her. Yeah. She looks like she's about to get up to mischief, and Elizabeth's like, no. <laughs> But honestly, she. They could have treated her so poorly, mm-hmm. but they didn't. She yeah. was their family. That cat. <laughs> if I fits, I sits. Yep. And that particular portrait, which again will be on our Instagram, Yalty Time. And it's the only known portrait of Dido, and also shows her with her cousin Elizabeth. Okay, now speaking of the portrait, it's the only known. Let me see here. It was on the terrace at Kenwood. Elizabeth was brought up with the care of Lawrence Banfield after the death of her mother in 1766. Elizabeth was only a year older than Dido, and they were the best of friends. They were close companions. Mm-hmm. Okay, and remember the American visitor, Mister Hutchison, from earlier? Yeah. He did write something in 1779, in 1779 that describes Dido. I don't like the wording, but I will read it word for word. Okay. A black came in after dinner and sat with the ladies and after coffee walked with the company in the gardens, one of the young ladies having her arm within the other. Okay. Which, it was odd to him. Oh, uh, yeah. Because, again, slavery. Yeah. And even then, she was treated as an equal. So it's a bit odd. The wording could have been a lot worse. He just called her black. Yeah. I just don't like it. Yeah, I don't either. It seems... Insulting? Yes. Yeah. And the tone. It's, it, it's hard not to read it as slightly insulting because it sounds shocked. Yeah. Even just from that tiny little paragraph. Now, this particular portrait is highly unusual in the 18th century British art, which, as we've come across with Dido the past few things I've written she highly unusual kind of fits her right now yeah um it's for showing a black woman as the equal of her white companion rather than a servant or a slave the artist was David Martin and seems to portray a moment caught as Dido passes by her seated cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth reaches out a hand to catch her with a stay, well, kind of like stay a moment, she seems to be saying. And you saw the picture. She, that's yeah. what it looks like. Either that or she's trying to keep Dido from, like, going after mischief. Because the way she's sitting, <laughs> she looks very mischievous in the picture. And I yeah. love that. And her aristocratic upbringing, apparent with her expensive silk gown and pearl necklace. Mm -hmm. Because this gown is beautiful. looks like it's made out of silver. Yeah. And historians have noted that it is not just the color of her skin that marks Dido is different. There's a basket of tropical fruit she carries. And the turban she wears with an expensive feather suggests an exotic difference from her more conventionally styled white cousin. Who is sitting reading a book. And I'll describe the picture too. Because Elizabeth is sitting in a normal 17th century pink gown with her hair up and everything. Yeah. Dido is in a more... In a way, it kind of reminds me of a Regency dress. Actually, this dress would be worn, to that dress would be worn today and nobody would blink. Yeah. A bit like a, yeah, and a beautiful silvery with a blue shawl around her arms. And the turban that matches the dress in that pretty silvery, color, silvery white. Yeah. And then the feather, which I believe is blue. It's hard to tell. It looks almost like a blackish blue in the picture. But it was expensive. Like, she looks the way she's sitting reminds me of the of the porch just where you some like a goddess running how it goes against her legs it's yeah. really quite pretty now let's see where i find my space okay oh and here's william murray Lawrence Ma- lord mansfield oh okay your love the hair those wigs i swear to god <laughs> Ever since I saw Sleepy Hollow, the Tim Burton version, it made me really creeped out by those wigs. <laughs> yeah, they look—they look like they're just full of lice. Yeah, they just look nasty. They kind of were, because the powder that they used a lot of it was to for bugs. Oh, <laughs> to keep bugs and stuff out. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. Okay, now, here's about her uncle, Lord Mansfield, and slavery. Dido lived at a time when transatlantic slave trade was at its height, and Britain's economic prosperity relied on slave labor in the Caribbean and Britain's American colonies. However, public opinion about the practice was changing. And from 1756 to 1788, Dido's great-uncle, Lord Mansfield, was the chief justice, as I've said like three times now. <laughs> yeah. He was, which, which, I haven't explained, that's the most powerful judge in England. Wow. And he presided over a number of court cases that examined the legality of the slave trade. In the most significant of these, the case of James Somerset in 1772. And he ruled that slavers could not forcibly send any slaves in England out of the country. And we don't know whether his affection for Dido influenced him, his opinion on the slave trade, or if he would just naturally had those feelings. Yeah. And in his summing at the trial in 1772, he is recorded as describing slavery as odious. But as the Lord Chief Justice, he had to adhere to the strict reading of the law. Oh, yeah. So, while technically, because of law, he can, I'm. I'm almost 100% sure he was an abolitionist, but by law, he couldn't. He had to follow the law. Yeah. Like, I don't think he really could have an even opinion with it. Because, again, data was brought in. Even if Lindsay did pay him, he still could have treated her badly. And honestly, how would Lindsay know? Yeah. Okay. And while the Somerset case was a significant point along the road to abolition, it didn't end the slave trade. Mansfield was clearly aware of this, and in his will of 1782, he made sure to protect his niece's rights, and clearly stated that Dido was a free woman. It would be another 35 years after the Somerset case, before the transatlantic slave trade was abolished, and a further 26 years after that before the Slavery Abolition Act of 1833 finally put an end to the practice across the British Empire. Now, in her later life, back to Dido, in contrast to her early life in the grand environment of kenwood her later life was of a comfortable but middling status okay when he died in 1793 lord mansfield left her an annuity of 100 pounds and a lump sum of 500 which approximately is about forty thousand dollars in today's money oh dang Mm -hmm. yeah it's the same like everybody always gets the same look because it sounds so little in today's standards it does yeah. But now when you realize, oh, she had $40,000 in his will, and then roughly around 1000 like, annuity a year. Dang. This was a much smaller son that was given to our cousin Elizabeth, but if this was unclear if it's because of Dido's race or her l- illegitimate status, my money's on status because it seemed like race didn't mean that much to him. Yeah. Probably. And within the complicated class and status hierarchy, it's not unusual for an illegitimate t- child. It's not unusual for an illegitimate child to receive less financial acknowledgment, but still be regarded as a family member. So it makes more sense that it was because she was illegitimate, as opposed to her race. Yeah. And he proved several times that he didn't like. He didn't seem to mind her race or hate her for it. So her being illegitimate makes more sense. Yeah. Now, later that year, Diodo, why did I, <laughs> what, what just happened? I think I had a stroke. Okay. Try that again. Later that year, which was 1793, Dido married a steward, which is like a senior servant, okay. named John Danivere. Re- like, please God forgive me for... Sp- Probably butchering that name. <laughs> Davonir? Davonay? Can you get out Google? Translate. <laughs> Devonier sounds right. I know it's French. The second I saw the IER, I knew it was French. Yeah. Later that year, Dido married a steward, a senior servant, named John Davonir. Originally from France, and the couple went on to have three sons. Twin boys, Charles and John, baptized in 1795, and then another son, William Thomas, baptized in 1800. And they lived in Pimlico, Pimlico, London, where the boys went to school until Dido's death in 1804 at the age of 43. Oh, 43? I mean, long lives weren't exactly average. Oh, yeah, true. But even then, that seemed on the young side. Yeah. And um, she was buried in St. George's Church burial ground in Tyburn, near the modern uh, Bayswater Road. Her grave was moved during redevelopment of the site in the 1960s, and there are no known surviving direct descendants. Her children's lines seem to have ended with Dido's great-great-grandson, Harold Charles, who died in Johannesburg in 1975. In 2013, the film Belle, starring Gugu Mbatha-Raw, brought a fictionalized version of Dido's story to an international audience. Oh, I didn't know that. There's a movie? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep, yeah, and that is the story of Dido Elizabeth Bell. Awesome. And I really liked learning about her. And again, it was Crow's Eye Production that first, if you want to watch the video, we can, okay. um, that first brought her to my attention. Yeah. And it was really cute because it was so, and I know I've mentioned it several times, it was rare, that it was unconventional. That, because there was no reason for her to be treated as well as she was back then. Yeah. Emphasis on the back then. Yes, she was a human being, and she deserved to be treated well. Yes. But back then, though, free women were basically ser free people were basically service was the best they could do. So for her to be treated as an equal to the aristocracy, yeah, was a huge leap, because. It proved that these people were just like everybody else. Yep. These people that everybody thought less of. That thought them as basically property. hmm Oh, would you look at that? They could be aristocracy as well. Yep. And I really, really like that. It makes me think of the TV show Bridgerton. Because they, they did it where they have African um, aristocracy as well. like the, Some of the characters are African-British aristocracy. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't mm. know that. Yeah, like you should watch the series. It's quite good. But, um, yeah. And it's nice to see, it. and it turns out... And a lot of people were saying, oh, that couldn't be true. It couldn't be true, but... Here's one proof that it did, that one person was that, did have that. Yeah. Granted, she did tend to, again, if she had been legitimized, she probably could have made a better match than a steward. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she loved him. I'm sure he was a wonderful man. Yeah. But just for political reasons, let's use that. If she had been legitimized by Sir John, then she could have actually probably married a titled man. Yeah. I just don't understand why he didn't. It wasn't allowed. Oh, true the fact that he acknowledged her and I'm guessing her other his other children as well with the exception of one all were of african descent. Yeah. And as far as I know about her father I don't think he ever married. And it's a good chance he did love the mother cuz he did take her over and he did obviously stay in his children's lives but it doesn't say much about the other siblings. Mm. I'm sure if I looked into him specifically it would give more information. Yeah. But, as for right now, we're just going to focus on Dido. Yeah. She's more important. For now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, nothing against her siblings. I I really liked reading about her. She's. She sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. And, well, I guess you'll have to tune in next time for more Histories Tea. And we thank you for listening. I'm Paige. I'm Elizabeth. And thank you for watching you watching. My- Thank you for <laughs> listening to y'all Tea Time. Watching. That's funny. <laughs> Too much TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye.